A convoy protesting against vaccine mandates will be arriving in the region today and traffic delays are expected. The convoy should reach the Flying J Travel Centre in southeast London around 11 o'clock this morning before heading eastbound on Highway 401. To prepare for their arrival, the OPP says there will be a significant police presence to keep things in order. Stephanie Carvin is a former national security analyst, associate professor of international affairs at Carleton University and the author of Stand on Guard, Reassessing Threats to Canada's National Security. She joins us now. Thanks for your time today. Hey, thanks for having me on. The trucker convoy is is interesting. You know, I think it kind of reflects how people see the world right now. There are people who are, you know, frustrated by the public health measures and worried about their livelihood. There are people who are frustrated by the protests. And then there's this third group that is you know, anti-government, regardless of the issue, almost looking for, you know, a host to latch itself on to to further their message. And I think that group kind of goes under the radar for a lot of people in, in these cases. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting way of put it. But I think what concerns me is that the people who actually started the GoFundMe page are probably closer to your third group out of the other two. I, I think what we've seen is, um, you know, it, it was basically started by a group of um, Albertan separatists, uh, the Wexit Party, for example, and they started this GoFundMe that really caught fire. And it's like all over, um, you know, social media. And it's now earned, I think, either close to or at over four, uh, sorry, $5,000, sorry, $5 million. And so I think that um, you know, that, that was kind of one of the first red flags was just how we, you know, we started watching this last week when it, you know, it, it hit its goal of $100,000 and then it hit $200,000 and now it's at $5 million. Um, and I think what's happened is that a lot of the people associated with this movement or who, who started this GoFundMe were part of um, the first kind of convoy. I don't know if people remember, because time is so funny right now. Um, back in 2019, there was a convoy to Ottawa, the United We Roll. And at that time, that convoy was largely about protesting um, uh, immigration. It was, it was kind of Islamophobic, and it was uh, kind of protesting this idea of a worldwide uh, or United Nations-sponsored global p- compact on migration, which, you know, if you explain to the average person, no one has any idea of what that is. So it's kind of hard to get people really riled up about that particular issue. They kind of tried to tack on some oil and gas there to, to make it uh, a little bit more appealing, but it really didn't work. Now, let's flash forward uh, a couple of years, and we've all gone through this pandemic. We've all had our lives really shaken up in, in some pretty dramatic ways. And suddenly people come out and they're, you know, they're, they're frustrated, they're upset, and they see this march. And yeah, this is something that has a lot more appeal. So this is, you know, this kind of coalition, which kind of struggled for an identity back in 2019, has now been able to really create this new uh, large network of, of different groups, different people who are frustrated by the lockdowns, the mandates, the vaccines. And because that anger is much more widespread and, and much more relatable, I think they've had a lot more success. It's funny you mentioned United We Roll. I was thinking a little bit about them, but also the yellow vest protests we saw a couple years ago as well, which, you know, slightly different, but in that kind of realm of people angry and then coming at it from different vantage points and there being groups already looking for ways to to protest and and to, to vent at something they were already angry about. 
Yeah, exactly. And actually, United We Roll was a Yellow Vest kind of sponsored event. So those two of those two things were absolutely linked uh, together. And then we would see them, um, you know, at least uh, where I was in, in the GTA at the time, you would see them on, on bridges and protesting. And my mom even said, why does everyone hate the UN, Stephanie? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, and trying to explain what this actually was about. So, yeah. Um, look, I mean, I think this is the thing and, and, you know, I've gotten a lot of blowback for this and I understand why, because I think when I say that, you know, the people who started this group tend to be sympathetic to extremist views, the people who, some of the people in the group are extremists, but that I'm not calling everyone in the group an extremist. I'm saying that there's a bunch of people who have, you know, certain extreme views that are targeting the people who are angry about what's going on. Right. And, and they're trying to use that anger for their own ends. It's not to say there's going to be successful. I'm not trying to say everyone's going to come out of this as a Nazi or something. That's absolutely not the case. I think there's people who are legitimately fed up. I mean, I, I have a list of like 8,000 friends I want to meet and I can't meet with. And I'm becoming increasingly frustrated by that. But that doesn't mean I'm going to suddenly um, just join any old protest about it. You know, use your critical thinking skills. With, try to figure out who's organizing this stuff. So I think that's the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, as uh, you know, not if, even if like 97, 98% of the people there are peaceful protesters, there's, um, you know, a good two to 3% of people, uh, in some cases, a group called um, the Platt Army who have tried uh, to, to say that this should be Canada's January 6th. And they have basically, you know, called on on for for basically parliament to be, um, you know, to, for the walls for truckers to drive their trucks through the walls. Um, I've seen calls for politicians to be hung. Um, we're seeing the language of siege being used. Um, I think Donald Trump Jr. has now endorsed the um, protests as well, uh, and he's you know using the language of siege. This is not good, right? We we want democratic dissent. We want people to feel that they can express themselves. But when they're using this language and they're introducing it into a crowd of very angry people, you really do worry. Uh, I, I, I completely agree with you in terms of uh, I, I don't see this as, you know, everyone, you know, feeling the same way. But there is people who are legitimately uh maybe concerned and frustrated by health measures, but not who would we would categorize as far right and those far right people who are trying to take people who are frustrated and use that frustration to further their message. And I just kind of wonder how we um, maybe learn from these movements elsewhere to address it here, because it seems as though this is something we are, are dealing with right now. So one of the concerns I have that is uh, I see a lot of politicians now uh, identifying with the movement, like mainstream politicians. Of course, like, you know, you have your Randy Hilliers and your kind of Derek Sloan's of the world who are jumping on this as fast as they can. Um, but, you know, we've seen uh, politicians, Andrew Scheer, the former leader of the Conservative Party, um, you know, really uh, throwing him, going all in on this. Candace Bergen, who's going in all, on all this. She's a, a conservative MP. And, you know, what concerns me is I think they're trying to, you know, capture back some of that momentum, right? Uh, we're seeing the People's Party of Canada have a surge in support, and um, I, I think partially because of these protests. But uh, so the conservatives, are, I think they're concerned, and so they're trying to express support for this. But what I worry about is that when you try to legitimize a 
protest with these kinds of extremist narratives floating around, I worry that, you know, those groups are going to use that endorsement by mainstream politicians to legitimate themselves, right, to introduce themselves into the discourse and and to be seen as legitimate actors, but then kind of issue um, any kind of mainstream politics anyway. So I think what ends up happening is that the conservatives kind of try and dabble in this kind of pool. And then, you know, rather they, they kind of get used, right? And so either they, they get used and, and kind of co-opted into this or, um, you know, they, they kind of end up adopting positions that are really felt, I think, by the vast majority of Canadians. So I think this is a, a really bad thing. Um, I think when politicians try to kind of legitimate this kind of stuff, um, they need to make it clear it's it's a fine line, right? You have to make clear that yes, you sympathize with the people who are frustrated, but you you know there's more constructive ways to perhaps do this than, than than laying a siege on a city, right? And so I think that's 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 a pretty hard thing, and that's what I worry about. So I think one of the first things we should be doing is asking our politicians exactly where they stand on this, and um, you know because if if this goes bad, um, this is not going to look good on them either. It, it's an important distinction to, to make, and we will follow it closely. Stephanie, uh, I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me on. That's Stephanie Carvin, former National Security Analyst, Associate Professor of International Affairs at Carleton University, and the author of Stand on Guard, Reassessing Threats to Canada's National Security.